when I was a kid, I don't know why I remember this, I had a dream that a crayon monster was chasing me. I don't even know what that really means. I just remember that I was running, and he, and he had like a, a, a head that was red, but it was like crayon color, and then his body was blue, and he had green arms, but they were in crayon color, and he was chasing me. I, I don't know. I don't know why I remember that from when I was six years old, and I had a crayon monster chasing me, but um, I remember that. It's so weird, um, I, but when you have weird dreams, have you ever had that dream where you're falling? And then you're supposed to wake up before you, you know, so hopefully you've done that. Uh, my dog has dreams, but uh, Louie, <laughs> but he only runs with one uh, paw, so I don't know if he's skateboarding or I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what's going on uh, in his brain there, but um, one time I had a dream that a hamburger was eating me. No, that, that's an old Seinfeld joke. Sorry, I just, <laughs> Yeah. So dreams can be a weird thing, and we are talking um, about my favorite story in the Bible, character in the Old Testament, story in the Bible, Joseph, and he had a dream. How many of you know the story of Joseph uh, back in Genesis? Raise your hand. Let me see. You know the story of Joseph. Okay, well, uh, how many of you don't know the story of Joseph? Let me put it like that. Actually, a couple hands. Okay, so uh, that's okay because I'm actually going to tell the story um, kind of in a way that if you haven't heard it before. So act like you've not heard this story before. So just turn that part off, okay? Try to act like you've, Joseph? Who's Joseph? Okay, great, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened, okay? So this, the story of Joseph is found in Genesis, okay? The book of Genesis. And uh, it's the first book of the Bible. There's 66 books. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. And the, the book is separated really into, into two areas here, okay? Two things. And so you've, on, on the one side, you've got the first 11 chapters. And this is when, uh, this is basically creation and then man messing up creation, okay? And so uh, it's kind of spiraling out uh, of order. And so you've got, uh, is that on the, uh, yeah. So you've got, Creation and then man is just messing up God's creation, okay? So that's the first 11 chapters, and it ends with the Tower of Babel, and there's just a, a lot going on in the first 11 chapters because, you know, they know about God, but they're trying to do everything to not serve God, okay? Thankfully, that's no one here today. <laughs> so, but that was the uh, first, first 11 chapters. And then after that, from chapters 12 on to the end of the book, which is 50 chapters, so from 12 to 50, they really focus in on one family, okay? And that is the family of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph. So there's four generations there that the last uh, part of, of Genesis covers. And this was a dysfunctional family. Does anybody know any dysfunctional families? No, don't look at your... <laughs> All right. This was a dysfunctional family, okay? So you had Abraham, and he, he had some crazy... So God comes to him and says, you know, I'm going to bless all of nations because of you. And he gives him this great promise that he's going to have a son, uh, but then he gets impatient and, and actually lays with his, 
with his slave wife, sort of, and then they have a child to kind of hurry up the blessing, that wasn't going to work, okay? Why did Abraham think that he could do that, okay? So he, he tried to do that. And then you have Isaac, and, and, and he comes along, and he does a little bit better than Abraham in a couple of things, but then he has two sons, Jacob and Esau, and he likes one more than the other. And Jacob, uh, well, Isaac himself it deceived a few people, but Jacob, whose name means deceiver, by the way, sorry if anybody's, is there a Jacob here? In the, no, don't raise your hand. Uh, the name Jacob, so he deceived a lot of people, including his brother Esau, to t- steal his birthright uh, from his, his old blind father Isaac. Just a horrible guy, like who does that? But that's what, that's what Jacob did. And so then Jacob, um, he decides, he doesn't want to just have one wife, he wants to have, you know, four wives. And like, Come on, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you thinking there? I, I can't handle one, okay? And so Jacob says, Jacob says, no, I got four. I got this. And so it's like, okay, Jacob, have fun. So Jacob has four wives, and so they have uh, a, a lot of kids there. And one of those kids, uh, his name was Joseph. And so that's who we're going to pinpoint on here today um, is Joseph. So there's this dysfunctional family, and what's been going on is that mankind breaks God's promise, and then God restores God's promise again. That's, that's kind of the story of Genesis, and that's really the story of humankind, um, where man breaks God's promise, and then God doesn't say, well, then fine, forget you then. No, he restores his promise back to them. That happens with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then we come here to Joseph, and So God's plan is to rescue and bless this rebellious world. And we're trying to get back to the Garden of Eden. When it all started, this is not the plan that I had for you. I did not have for you to do all this sin and this rebellious and whatever. So he keeps trying to rescue us back to what he originally intended for us. So we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 37, all right? Genesis chapter 37. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We'll have it on the screen for you as well. God has a dream for his people to be faithful to him alone to receive a future reward with him. That's the word of the Lord for us this three weeks. So I've got a three-week trilogy for you, okay? So this week, next week, and the week after that, three weeks on Joseph. And so I'm excited. This is my favorite uh, story in the Bible. So let's look at it. Genesis chapter 37, verse 1. It says, So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Okay, so this is this is what happens when you have four wives. Um you have uh, one son, Joseph, who is working for two of the other sons from the other wives. And so when you're the youngest, you get picked on a little bit. Do we have any youngest in the in, in the crowd? Did you ever get picked on? No, never. You have 
wonderful older siblings, don't you? Um, so, and then what does the younger sibling do? Is they go back and they tattle to mom and dad what the older what the older uh, kids did. And so that's what's going on here. And this is this is their life. Uh, this has been their life for 17 years, probably. This has been what Joseph has been doing. So verse, th- verse 3, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his, own age, in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe or coat, garment. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them, they couldn't say a kind word for him. So Jacob is not really helping matters out here, okay? Because he's got all these sons, he's got 12 sons, but he, he treats one very special. So much so um, that he gives him a, a, a multicolored robe, and he doesn't give anybody else. Now, that doesn't work. Parents in the room, does that work, Okay. If after church today, if you were to take, you know, the family out for ice cream, but you only gave one of your kids ice cream, how would that go over, okay? Like a lead balloon, okay? So that's, we may do that here today, actually. Becky, let's, 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 I don't know, let's go and we'll give it to Claire. Claire gets ice cream today. Is that <laughs> Okay, now I know why Jacob did that. That was fun, actually. <laughs> that was fun just now. Just kidding. Um. Why is he doing this? Like he's stoking the flame of this, of this family dysfunction. I'm not sure what's going on here. Verse 5, one day, one night, excuse me, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. <laughs> all right. Now, I don't know. This is like a text. Like, I don't know the tone that Joseph is telling this. I don't know if he's being super spiritual here. Hey, listen, guys. I, got a, I, I heard a dream. Or, you know, I had a dream. Let me tell you about my dream. I don't know if he was kind of, na-na-na-boo-boo. Like, I don't know what he was. But, it, but he was telling a dream, and I, I, I think I read it as he was stoking the fire a little bit too, that he was the youngest sibling, and, hey, had this crazy dream. Want to hear it? And uh, all of you people are going to bow down to me. So it, it went over as you would expect it to go over. Verse 8, his, resp- his brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon, Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. Like Joseph. (laughs) Like, do you not remember last time what happened? Like, this was not good. Why You keep egging it on. And not only that, you're adding the sun and the moon. So does that mean mom and dad are also going to come and do this? Verse 10, this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream meant. So he had this dream about his mother and his father and his brothers coming and bowing down before him. Not just once, two times his brothers are bowing down before him. Now, 
what we have to remember about this is that in the English language, we use the word dream for a couple of different things. So over here, uh, we have a dream to have a certain job, like we have our dream job. Or for some of us, we have our dream house, and we want it to look exactly like this, and we want the, the you know, a pool in the backyard, and we want to have this many rooms, and it, it, this is my dream house. Or we have a dream to have a million dollars in our bank account. Come on, somebody. And so we've got a dream to have this, or it is my dream to one day visit Paris, France, or it's my dream one day to visit, I don't know, wherever you want to visit, but whatever your dreams are, okay? But you have these things that you want to do. I wanted to play in the World Cup when I grew up. That was one of my dreams. And then I found out I was not very good at soccer, so I could watch the World Cup. But we have these dreams that we want to do. And so how do you get those dreams? Well, you get those dreams by hard work um, and by at sometimes saving up money, uh, getting a good job and, and uh, putting the right people that are, that are by you, getting a good education, whatever it is. But it's things that you are doing to make sure that that dream comes true. And all of us in here at, on some level have a dream to do something, right? We kind of have a dream to do, it's something that's out there. This is not what Joseph had. He didn't have a dream to be great. God gave him this dream. And that's a different kind of dream. This is a dream over here where this is not something that Joseph was just trying to, you know, I just want a better life for myself. And so I dream that my brothers bow down to me. That's, it's not a better life thing. That, that's these kind of dreams over here. We all have dreams to have a better life. And so we want to work toward it or learn how to get it or whatever it is. That's not what this dream is. This is a God-given dream. This is a dream. Um, we often say that Joseph had a dream. Joseph didn't have a dream. God gave Joseph a dream. And there's a difference to that, Okay. Because a dream that you have for yourself, you can work toward, or you can learn how to get, or you can find the right people to get around you, and you can work to achieve that. But this over here is something that God gives you, and this is where you have to trust God and follow God in what he has to say and do. And sometimes this dream doesn't line up with this dream over here. And so we have to choose, do we want to focus on this dream or do we want to focus on this dream? Do we want to follow God for the dream that he has in our life? Do we want to follow him or are we going to try to work hard and try to figure it out ourselves or see how we can do that? Now, many times we don't like this dream as much because it's not too clear. Like, there was not step-by-step, step, here's, here's what you got to do, Joseph, to get this. There was not step-by-step. Step. It was just two dreams of his family bowing down to him, okay? There was, there was nothing said this about, about him being second command in Egypt. Spoiler alert, okay? Foreshadowing, <laughs> okay? There was, that's a dream over here. That's, you know what, I want to be, be royalty. I want to be uh, a powerful man in a, in a state or in a country, okay? But he wasn't from Egypt, so how is he going to be? That's like me saying, I want to be the vice president of Argentina. Like, I can't go down there and just do that. But there's a, these, this work over here, you do yourself. But 
this dream over here, this is a God-given dream. And he's not going to give us the finish line many times or exactly what it looks like. And he's definitely not going to give us the steps ahead of time because if he had given Joseph the steps, Joseph might not have followed. I don't know. He's not going to give us those steps. He's just going to give us a dream and say, walk in that direction. Walk in this direction. And sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice some of this stuff, some of these dreams. Sometimes these dreams are going to line up. Sometimes they're not. But if you follow me, I've got a dream for my people. I've got a dream for my people, and I've got a dream for you. Another reason why we'd like to not, we would rather focus on these dreams is because they're measurable, and we are making it happen. Because many of us in this room, we're American, and that we just get a little elbow grease, and we can get it done, and we can know how to do it. Over here, we've got to trust God every single step of the way. Every single step of the way. Over here, we made it happen. Over here, we're following God. And so when we follow God, the dream seems impossible to us. This dream that God has for us, the dream that God has for Friendship Church, the dream that God has for this community, it seems impossible. And I'm not looking at it from the dream perspective, but from the you perspective, from the me perspective. You know your faults, your failures, your past, and you don't see how God can do great things through you. How many of you ever thought that before? You don't have to raise your hand. This is the person who wants to get involved in the ministry, but doesn't see himself or herself as a good teacher. Or, well, I'm just not a good fit for that. This is the lady who wants to sing on the worship team, but surely her voice isn't as good as everybody else's, right? And so you talk yourself out of it. This is the teenager who says, I want to witness to my friends at school, but what if they laugh at me? What if they remember something that I did in my past and they bring it back up or I just, it's just, I'll just get through the school day. Joseph was the youngest kid in a family of shepherds, but God showed him that he would be great. And the beauty part is that all your failures, your past, your weaknesses, they are not a hindrance. It is the reason God has chosen you. Moses said that I'm not a good speaker and he says, great, that's why I'm asking you to do this. Gideon said that I'm not a warrior, and he said, great, that's why I want you to do this. Because the pressure is off of us. He's the one doing it. He gave us the dream. All we have to do is follow him. So the pressure to perform, or the pressure to be great, or the pressure to be smart, or the pressure to be awesome, it's off of us. We're just following God. We're just doing what he wants us to do. You will never reach that dream that God has for you until you accept the fact that God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Now, I don't want to go too far in this direction. What I just said was true. God wants to use you. However, sometimes we have a tendency to, to look at every verse in the Bible and think that it's all about us. It's not about us. Okay? This, this dream that Joseph had, Joseph didn't have it. God gave it, okay? So if it's not about us, then who is it about? Y'all can talk a little bit. If it's not about us, who's it about? It's about Jesus, okay? The story of Joseph actually points to Jesus. Many times we look at stories and we see ourselves as Joseph. 
we're probably more like the brothers, okay? <laughs> if, I, if I'm just honest, <laughs> we're probably more the brothers, okay? We read a story like this, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm just like Joseph. I have a dream, and I'll, there's all these people that are just messing with me. No. no. Joseph represents Jesus because God used Joseph, another spoiler alert, God used Joseph to save his people. God used Jesus on the cross to save his people. You are not so much Joseph as Jesus is Joseph. He, Joseph points to Jesus. And so that's why when he says, I have a dream for you, it's follow me. I'm doing it. I'm just bringing you guys along with me. That takes the pressure off us, and we get to enjoy what God has for us. The dreams are fuzzy. He doesn't give us everything all at once, but he says, move in the right direction. Move in that direction. Go that way. Let's skip down to verse 37. Let's see where the story takes us. Jacob sends Joseph out. All of his brothers are out in the field, and they're, they're doing their shepherd thing. And so Jacob tells Joseph, hey, go out, and I want you to give some news to, to, to your brothers and send back a report for me how everything's going on. So he takes off, and he's traveling through the countryside, and he's trying to find his brothers. Verse 18, his brothers see Joseph coming in the distance. But they say, or I'm sorry, but they saw him, verse 18, they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns or pits and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Listen, uh, while Joseph has a dream over here, these brothers, they have a vision of their own dream. This is what they're dreaming to do. <laughs> this is what they want to do. And you notice the difference between a dream from God and a dream com comprised of man. Okay, God gives us a dream to save his people. We come up with dreams that will make us feel good, that will make us feel better. Something that we want to do, and they can be very selfish. That's a God dream versus a human dream. This is what happens. When we focus on God, that is the thread to goodness. When we focus on self, that is a thread to evil. Have you ever got a, a string in your shirt and you just thought it was a short little string, you wanted to pull it, and then you pulled it, and then you pulled it, <laughs> and you kept pulling it, <laughs> and after a while you had a short sleeve shirt, okay? When you focus on God, focusing on God, that is a thread that leads to goodness. So as you pull on that string, you are pulling and you're getting closer and closer to God. When you pull on a, on a string of self, you think you're just doing it one time. You're just, well, I'll just try this one time. And you pull on it and, okay, God did not smite me dead. I guess I'm doing okay. You pull it again. See, it's not so bad. Nothing bad's happening to me. And you keep pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. And then you reach evil. You reach a place that you didn't want to go. 
Listen, there is a power that is out there. I mentioned this last week. There is a power that is out there actively working against God's dream for his people. Actively working against it. It's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants us to focus on our dreams, which is selfishness, and he wants us to get off the focus on God's dream for his people. And so sometimes it's not even sin what we're focusing on. It's just as long as we can, he can get us off of our focus on God's dream. He's out to destroy us, to stop us. He says, you know, if I can get them to focus on something else, then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Then we'll see how God's going to use them, what God's going to do with friendship. So what do we do? How do we... How do we position ourselves in a place where we can listen to God's dreams and not listen to our dreams or selfish dreams or even evil dreams? How do we get to that point? There's a guy by the name of Bob Goff. How many of you ever heard of Bob Goff? Wrote a book called Dream Big. It's a great book. I recommend it for those who are looking to find what, what God's dream is for them and how that you can accomplish so much more than you think that you can do through God. So he writes in this book, Dream Big, and he tells a story about how he wanted to learn how to fly. And so he learned how to fly, and he had his, he had his flight license for 20 years. But even after 20 years, he still had trouble landing. He didn't, he didn't like it. He was very nervous every time he went into land. Even if it was just him in the small little airplane, he was always so nervous, even after 20 years. Uh, and so what he thought he would do is he would talk to one of these air traffic controllers, you know, the guys who are up you know, at the airport and that, that tall tower there, because he's talked to them on the radio before, but he never actually met one. So he thought, maybe if I, if I meet one, he can tell me how to get over this fear, you know? So what he would do is he would always radio in, hey, I'm, I'm, a, new, I'm a new pilot here. I mean, he'd been flying for 20 years, but he'd say, I'm a new pilot. And so uh, he found out that if, if he told them that he was a new pilot, that they would be nicer to him a little bit. And they try to help him out a little bit more. So see, that's what I'm going to do to you. After five years, I'm just going to say, I'm still a new pastor, guys, so help me out. I'm just going to do what Bob said. So Bob goes up, and he's going to meet these, these air traffic controllers. So he goes up to the top, and there's all these men and women in there, and they and they got their computer, and there's all these dots on the screen. And and each guy at a, at a, at a computer is following the dots. And, and, the, and the key is, don't let the dots run into each other, okay? that's like the main thing. And so it's a very stressful job because you're trying to focus and you're talking to these people and everything else. And so they're trying to help the, the people that are up in the air get to where they need to go. So one of these air traffic controllers takes Bob aside and they get to chat and they get to talking. And so he says, you know, you got to help me out. I kind of have a, I don't have a fear of flying, but I do have a fear of landing. So tell me what to do. And so this is the advice that the air traffic controller, the guy who's who's trying to put all the dots, not run into each other, this is the advice that he tells Bob. He says, when you're up there and you're flying and you need some help, you radio in and this is what you say, okay? You're going to say three things, then you're going to do something. You're going to say who you are, you're going to say where you are, and then you're going to say what you want. And then... I want you to listen, <laughs> okay? Say who you are, say where you are, and then say what you want, and then listen to the advice. And I thought, 
that is great advice for people who are following Christ, who are trying to follow God's dream for their life and for their people. When you sit down and you talk to God, tell him who you are. He already knows, okay? My name is Adam, pastor of Friendship Church. I have these strengths. I have these weaknesses. I'm husband to Becky, and I'm father to Olivia, Claire, and Juliet. This is who I am, okay? This is who you made me. I, 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 I can do a little bit of this. I'm pretty awful at this. So if you could help me out, that'd be great. Tell God who you are and be honest about it because he already knows. So when you're flying, the, the air traffic controller needs to be able to talk to the person. So you tell them who you are. This is, this is the aircraft that I'm flying. It's not a big 747. It's a little guy. They need to know that information. So you tell them who you are. Next, you tell them where you are. And that is so important. Listen to this. So important where you are. So if you're landing a plane in Hobby and you yell out, I want to land the plane. They say where you are, and then you say, well, I'm close to Hobby. Okay? But, like, where are you? Well, just tell me how to land. I'm close. Okay, are you flying from Canada or Mexico? Because that would help to know which way you're coming in, okay? Where you're at is so important, and we can't just say, well, I'm close to God. You know, I'm close to God. Yeah, but where are you coming from? Are you experiencing a high right now in life and you're wanting God to move you forward? Are you experiencing a low in your life right now? And God, I need some help. Say where you are when you talk to God. God, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at in life. I've got small kids and I know I'm supposed to be a good father, a good mother, and I don't know what I'm doing. So God, help me out. This is where I'm at, God. God, we're now empty nesters. There's nobody in the house. What am I supposed to do? God, what do I do? This is where I'm at, God. God, I trust you for this, this, and this, but I got to be honest with you, God. I, I like having control over this part of my life. That's just where I am. God, I need your help. Tell God who you are. Tell God where you're at, and then tell God what you want. Say, God, this is, this is, this is who I am. This is where I am. Uh, this is where I am in life, and God, what I want to do is I want to move toward you. I feel myself moving to these things. I want to go in this direction. How do I get there? And you tell God what you want, and then listen. How many of you listen in your prayer time? You take time to, when you come down and you pray, and you pray for 15 minutes, and, and you give them all of your stuff that you got, and you just prayed for 14 minutes and 55 seconds, and then you listen for five seconds. No, no, no. Listen. God may actually have something to say to you. He may have something to say. So what about Joseph? Who was Joseph? Well, he was the great-grandson of Abraham, the man that God gave the promise to. Where was Joseph? Well, right now, I'm, I'm in a spot in my life where I'm the lowest on the totem pole, and I'm walking toward my brothers who, for some reason, look very, very angry at me. That's where I'm at, God. I mean, you gave me this dream, but it looks like I'm walking into a hornet's nest. I'm not sure what's going on. What did Joseph want? He wanted to follow God. He wanted this dream that he gave Joseph. 
That's what Joseph did. So then what did he do? He listened. He listened to God. So what happened as he approached his brothers? You've got to come back next week to find out. (laughs) But he spoke to Joseph and he listened. Pastor Victor, come on up. Listen, when we don't understand God's dream for us, when we have this dream, when we don't understand God's dream for us, what we typically do is we make up our own artificial dream. This dream over here for this stuff. Because we can actively work toward that. We can't see us actively working toward this over here. So we make up our own artificial dream. And this stuff over here, this artificial stuff, it's small, it's weak, it's shallow, and it's temporary. What happens when you do get that job? Now what? But God's dream for us that is over here, the dream that he has for his people, the dream that he has for Friendship Church and this community, that dream is big, and it's strong, and it's fulfilling, and it's forever. It's forever. There's not an expiration date to God's dream for his people. So when we follow God, when we listen to God, he takes us to where he wants us to go. Sometimes it's not where we want to go, but I can promise you where he is taking us is better than what we want for ourselves. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into a time of prayer, and I'm going to open up these altars. Here's what we're going to do. I want to invite everyone to pray, and I'm going to tell you what we're going to pray about. I want to invite everyone to pray. So for some of you, you may want to come down to the altar and pray. For some of you, you may want to stand or maybe walk around a little bit or stay at your seat. That's fine, but I want you to pray. And here's what I want you to pray. I want you to tell God who you are. I want you to tell God This is where I'm at right now in life. And then I want you to tell God what you want. Hopefully that is a move to the Lord. And then I want you to listen. Maybe God has something to tell us. Let's give him an opportunity to talk to us as well. Tell God who you are, where you're at, what you want, and then listen. All right? Let's find a place to pray. One, two, three, go. Let's find a place to pray. And let's see what God has for us. And and you know what? Even pray for Friendship Church in this community as well. Pray for a bigger dream even than yourself. But let's take a few minutes. Let's spend time praying about God's dream for God's people.